Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you're enjoying your day as much as I'm currently enjoying it. I have to say, it's going to be a good 4th of July weekend in the making. For those of us in America, I hope you have a safe 4th of July weekend. Please do, as this is the time of year where things can get a little crazy. Today, guys, we are going to be talking about, though, a little bit about how the outdoor cooking boomed during the pandemic and how the grilling industry thinks it will stay hot going forward. Okay. We're also going to be talking about this weekend from this weekend, too, about how there is a lot of flights being canceled and what that potentially means for the airline industry going forward. And in my opinion, why I think it might be happening a little bit more. Trump's. Uh, Trump is in trouble, I guess, with the media. Trump media company subpoenaed in federal crime probe of SPAC deal. And we'll talk about that. And the last thing we'll talk about in today's podcast has to do with the oil and gas. We talk about oil and gas a lot on this, com- on this podcast. So it's only a matter of time before we start understanding a little bit more of the oil industry, I guess, at the rate things are going. But I have to remind you all that before I start this podcast that I'm not a professional advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about on this podcast is is for information purposes only. Some investments that I do talk about on here, I might have a small position in, especially with the oil and gas companies that I'm talking about today, like Exxon or Chevron or any of those type of companies, that I cannot give you financial advice in any way, shape, or form. I do have small positions in some oil companies, like I just mentioned. And I cannot give you financial advice. You need to go talk to your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions as they would understand your financial situation a lot better than I would. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and those who wish to seek information currently at this time. That being said, let's begin today's podcast. Outdoor cooking boom during the pandemic and Weber, Traeger, and the grilling industry think it will stay hot. Grilling caught on fire during mid- amid the pandemic has struck at home. Consumers search for new ways to cook meals, as well as entertain host families and friends safely outdoors. But while there are plenty of signs that the outdoor cooking craze is here to stay, inflation marked saturation and supply chain challenges are threatening the lower the heat. Since July 2020, more than 21 million grills and smokers have been purchased by the U.S. consumer. According to data and NPD, the outdoor cooking industry revenue grew to $6.1 billion in sales in 2021 a 14% year-over-year growth. An estimated 70% of U.S. households now own at least one grill or smoker, according to consumer research from the Health, Patio, and Barbecue Association, or HBBA. And the highest of the industri- industry group has ever seen, according to its CEO and President Jack Goldman. Nearly every grill that has, that has seen sales jump from the traditional charcoal and gas grills from companies like Weber and Char Griller to pellet grills and smokers from companies from uh, Traeger and Masterbuilt the, embra- the embrace of outdoor cooking also further evaluated products like Oni outdoor pizza ovens and Blackstone gas griddles. Quote, people were, weren't taking vacations. They were investing more in their home and living outdoors. And they sort of and they sort of tired of cooking indoors, Goldman said in the trend. The success led to a mini grilling IPO boom with both uh, Traeger and Weber going public last year. Plans of several SPAC deals were also announced, ranging from grill maker Blackstone to barbecue and outdoor living e-commerce platform Barbecue Guys. 
I have to say, I personally don't believe that this trend will continue much longer. And the only reason I say that is, I mean, there's only so many grills you can buy and there's only so many things you can do to your backyard before you start to realize that you can't do much after that. And it's not like these people are always getting together. Now, granted, if people aren't traveling as much, then yes, I could see this industry still growing. It's just hard to tell. It says, while the popularity of grilling continues to grow, factors such as inflation, freight, raw material, cost increase, and supply chain disruptions are now eating into the grill sales. Now, this is where things get interesting with these reports. Weber reported that in 2022, second quarter sales dropped by 7% year over year to $607 million on a May 15th earnings call with analysis CEO Chris Schreinzer said in the industry has seen a significant drop of the year over year point of sale data, which sharply reduced shopper traffic since March. Quote has, it's been the puzzle for a couple of years now to figure out what 2020 and 2021 meant. He said on the call, we believe the pandemic heightened consumer engagement in the category and established a new base of operations. I think people are tired of staying at home. And because of that, people are not going to want to stay at home and grill as much. Now, granted, they might go to other people's homes to go do the grilling. But at the end of the day, I don't think a lot of people are staying at home anymore. People want to get out and about. People are tired of being inside. That's just my opinion, though. But this does tie in with the next article. Hundreds of flights, cancellations, delays kicked off busy 4th of July weekend. Airlines have canceled more than 1,100 U.S. flights since Friday, and nearly 11,000 were delayed. A, a tough start to a busy, busy holiday weekend after a messy spring for air traveler passengers and drew sharp criticism from Washington. On Friday, the delays included to 1,000 American Airlines flights, nearly 30% of carrier mainline schedule for the day, and 784 Delta flights. A quarter of the airline schedule, according to the tally from FlightAware, thunderstorms delayed many flights as some of the country's busiest hubs delays eased on Saturday, but top 3,000 less than half of Fridays. Already this year, the rate of flight cancellations delays in June was higher than before the pandemic. As a result of bad weather and staffing shortages, the airlines and federal officials have now scrambled to ease frustrations ahead of a busy holiday weekend. This week, Delta took on the unusual step of allowing travelers to change flights for free without paying a difference in fare if they can fly outside of the busy July 1st, the fourth weekend, anytime through July 8th. Jet Airway, uh, JetBlue Airway offered attendance bonuses for flight attendants this spring to ensure solid staffing. American Airlines Regional Airline Envy is in offering pilots triple pay to pick up extra trips through July. And carriers, including Delta and Sprint, Delta, JetBlue, Southwest, and United, recently trimmed their schedules to give themselves more wiggle room for when things go wrong. Quote, if you've encountered delays and cancellations recently, I apologize. Delta CEO Ed Bastien wrote in an email members of the Sky Miles Frequent Flyer program on Thursday regarding a recent spate of disruptions. We've seen years establishing Delta an industry leader in reliability and though Majority of our flights continue to operate on time. This level of disruption and uncertainty is unacceptable. The moves have come, fares have soared, and passengers counts near pre-pandemic levels. About 2.6 million people have departed U.S. airports each day on the weekend, according to estimates from the fare tracker Hopper. Yeah, so let, let, let's take a trip down memory lane for me right now. About, about a week ago, or it might be two weeks, about a week or two ago, we were in Las Vegas for my uh, girls volleyball tournament. And one of my players actually got in late one day from Las Vegas. So this is more than just the holiday weekend here in July. This happened a few weeks back. Okay. 
she told me that her flight got canceled, restarted, and canceled again at least seven times before she was finally able to take off from the airport. I think these staff shortages are really going to keep affecting the airline industries going forward. It also makes me wonder if potentially soon there's going to be potential self-driving planes in the making. Maybe that's what Elon Musk is going to start working on next. Who knows? But there will be a, but this is going to continue happening for a while. You have a shortage. It doesn't seem like they have enough people to bring on to, to fly the planes. There's also a chance too that, I mean, as airline pilots will tell you, you can't like triple ship a, triple shift a air, air, airplane pilot because they, they got to get rest. I mean, it's not an easy job. It's pretty stressful to fly in the air. So these delays are going to be pretty much happening for a while. It seems like it says here, nearly 176,000 flights arrived at least 15 minutes late between June 1st and June 29th. That represents in more than 23% of scheduled flights, according to flight tracker flight aware and more than 20,000, nearly 3% were canceled. That's up from 20% of flights being delayed and 2% being canceled in the same period in 2019. Consumer complaints are piling up. In April, the latest available data, the Transportation Department received 3,105 from travelers about U.S. airlines, up nearly 300% from April 2021, and the nearby double the rate during the same period last year. It says here to avoid getting caught in these delays, Frontier Airlines CEO Brian Belf told CNBC this week that the carriers and changing how it schedules crews Limiting flying through the airspace to twice on a single assignment, flight delays tend to ripple through the rest of the network since crews arrive late for their next flight. Yeah, we this this whole flight issue thing is going to continue going forward, guys, in my opinion. I mean, we've talked about how Spirit wants to, well, not Spirit wants to merge, but Spirit Airlines is trying to merge with Frontier and Frontier is trying to get out, but outbid by JetBlue. So it's hard to tell how things are going to be going going forward, but there probably will be more delays in the airline industry, which could be good because things might actually change for the better in the airline industry. Going on to the media side of things, Trump Media's company subpoenaed in federal crime probe of SPAC deal. Ooh, what's going on here? From CNBC, Donald Trump's media company was subpoenaed by the federal grand jury in connection with a criminal probe, according to the company with which the former president's firm plans to merge. Digital Ward Digital World Acquisition Corp said in a filing Friday that Trump Media and Technology Group received a subpoena from the grand jury in Manhattan on Thursday. The Trump company also received a subpoena from the Securities and Exchange Commission regarding a civil probe on Monday, DWAC said. DWAC also said that the current and former TMTG employees have also recently received grand jury subpoenas. Later Friday, TMTG said it would comply with the subpoenas and then none of them were direct at its chairman, Trump, or CEO, former U.S. Rep. Dennis Nunns. The filing came days after DWAC said the government investigations could delay or even prevent its merger with Trump's newly formed company, which included True Social, a social media app intended to be the alternative to Twitter. Neither TMTG nor spokesperson for Trump immediately responded to CNBC's request for comment. The Justice Department and the SEC, which regulates the stock market, are, are investigating the deal between DWAC and Trump Media. By merging with DWAC, which is a kind of shell company called a Special Purpose Acquisition Company, or SPAC, Trump's firm would gain access to potential billions of dollars on public equity markets. Trump established True Social after Twitter banned him from his tweets on January 6, 2021, when hundreds of supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in a bid to overturn Joe Biden's victory in the presidential election. 
Yeah. How much longer, in my honest opinion, until an actual reporter looks into this and the true news comes out about what happened on January 6th will pretty much cause ripple effects across the nation? Just my opinion. Continuing on with the article, Trump uh, parent company Trump Media was incorporated on February 2021, weeks after Trump left office. The company's CEO, Nunn's, is also the former president's most adherent loyalist in the Republican Party. Trump has also considered whether to run for president in the 2024 election. Trump has continued to spread that. And of course, they're saying that he's spreading the lie that the election was stolen from him. His, al- his alleged involvement in January 6th insurrection is being probed by a House Select Committee and has accused the former president of being at the center of the multi-pronged conspiracy to block the peaceful transfer of power to Biden. It says here that DWAC shares are far from as high as closing Friday at 2420. The stock had surged above $90 in October after the deal with Trump group was announced. Yeah, so, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out in the end. I mean, think about it. Elon has bought, has pretty much buying Twitter, okay? So, Twitter's going to have its issues. And I also wonder, if there are any news reporters out there, please, I beg of you, Please look into this as much as possible to see if the media is going to be telling the truth about really what's happening with this whole ordeal. It'd still be interesting to see if anything does happen to former President Trump and this deal to see if there was any misleading of information. It's hard to tell, but it also just seems like they're just trying to do everything in their power to make sure that former President Donald Trump does not run again for president. And this is one way they can do it, be doing that pretty much. So it says D, finishing off this article, it says DWAC on Monday revealed its security filings and that it learned June 16th that each member of its board of directors received subpoenas from the same federal grand jury. The grand jury sought documents similar to those of the, from the SEC already requested as part of the civil probe. DWAC said the company itself was served with a subpoena a week ago with a similar request, along with other requests relating to communications, individuals, and informations involving Rocket One Capital. DWAC also revealed Monday that it's, that a board member, Bruce J. Garlick, had told management that he would quit the board during the previous week. Garlick said his re- resignation was not a result of a disagreement with digital worlds, operations, policies, or practices, according to the company filing. Yeah, we need to keep an eye out for this because it's going to be interesting to see how this all ends when it's all said and done. But Trump is in hot water, it looks like right now. Last thing we're going to be talking about has to do with the now current president, Joe Biden. From the climate section of CNBC, Biden opens the possibility of more offshore oil drilling on the Gulf of Mexico. This article was released on Friday at 6.19 p.m. when no one's paying attention to the news anymore. Says the Biden administration released a five-year offshore oil and gas drilling development plant on Friday that would block all new drilling in the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans within U.S. waters, but would allow some lease sales in the Gulf of Mexico and the south coast of Alaska. The proposed plan has not been finalized, could allow up to 11 leases sales over the next five years. It also includes an option for the administration to conduct no sales. The Department of Interior is inviting the public to comment on the program. Biden has vowed to suspend all new federal drilling on public lands and waters, but the position resulted in legal challenges from several Republican-led states and the oil sector. As U.S. energy prices rise, the fossil fuel sector has urged the administration to increase offshore drilling in an effort to lower gas prices at the pump. But the climate groups have argued that the new lease sales would exacerbate climate change while doing nothing to bring down prices. A recent report published by 
a Pogi Economics and Policy said that a temporary suspension in new offshore oil and gas sales would have minimal impact on gas prices for consumers, with prices edging up to less than one cent per gallon over the next nearly two decades. Quote from day one, President Biden and I have made it clear our commitment to transition to clean energy economy. Interior Secretary Deb Halla said in a statement on Friday, Today, we put forward an opportunity for American people to consider to provide input on the future of offshore oil and gas leasing. Oh, yeah. So this is kind of sad that they released this when the public is not paying attention to this stuff. Here's the thing. Okay. We've talked about this law in the past. Joe Biden has canceled a lot of stuff. He has. Okay. And in my honest opinion, this whole releasing the press thing is to look good now and blame oil companies later when there are no le new leases being happening, okay? It says here, the interior most recent offshore oil and gas auction was in November in the Gulf of Mexico. A court order later backstated the sale, arguing that the administration didn't adequately account for the harm of the environmental impact of climate change. Nearly 95% of U.S. offshore oil production and 71% of offshore natural gas production occurs in the Gulf of Mexico, according to National Resources Defense Council. Roughly 50% of oil production in the U.S. comes from offshore drilling. Environmental groups on Friday condemned the administration for proposing limited new lease sales instead of announcing a ban on all new drilling. Yeah, he's going to end up probably banning it. Because here's the thing, okay? A day or two ago before this announcement was made, and this is being reported from finance, uh, from Yahoo Finance, says here, Biden won't ask Saudis to raise oil production as gas prices hover near records, okay? We already know this, okay? There's video of Macron talking to Biden saying that they are, have already reached their max capacity for production of oil, okay? And he says here, from the article, President Biden said Thursday he would not ask Saudi Arabia individually to increase its oil production on its forthcoming visit to the kingdom, but would instead encourage all Gulf states to increase oil output. Speaking during a press conference at the NATO summit on Thursday, the president said, I'm not going to ask them when asked whether he would ask the king or crown prince of Saudi Arabia to increase oil production on his forthcoming trip. Quote, all the Gulf states are meeting. I've indicated to them that though they should be increasing oil production generically, not the Saudis particular. And I think that we've seen in their own interests colluding that makes sense to do, Biden said. On Thursday, OPEC plus the international oil cartel, effectively led by Saudi Arabia, held a meeting via video conference and the, where the group decided not to further increase oil production. From its previous announced, the group will meet again on August 3rd. Yeah, he's going to blame potentially the oil companies again. Joe Biden will. He's going to blame them. He's going to be like, they're making massive profits, American people, and you're suffering because of it. And it's those greedy investors who are making all the money. Like, that could be true. But I want to take you down a trip towards memory lane from an article that we, I believe we talked about a few months back. And it's from the New York Times, okay? The New York Times said back in May, and granted, people can change their minds, but this was from May. May 12th, 2022, Biden administration cancels drilling sales in Alaska and Gulf of Mexico. Okay. It says in the article, new leases fly in the face of meaningful addressing climate change, the transition in clean energy future we need, Mr. Capato said. Yeah, that's not what I'm looking for, but <clears throat> this is what I want to talk about. Federal law requires the administration to issue a new offshore leasing plan every five years, which is designed to balance the nation's energy needs with the environmental and economic factors. 
The current plan expires on June 30th. Ironically, the same day, the day after he announces that we are able to potentially drill more in the Gulf of Mexico. Okay. It says June 30th, raising concerns among Republicans, the oil and gas industry, and some Democrats from fossil fuel states that offshore leasing will be in limbo starting July. Frank, a senior vice president of the American Petroleum Institute, a trade group that represents oil and gas companies, said that the statement that he would urge the administration to end the uncertainty for the oil industry and issue the five-year plan. Frank said the decision to scrape lease sales in the Gulf of Mexico and Alaska is becoming a pattern in the Biden administration. The administration talks about the need for more supply and acts to restrict it, he said. The Cook Intel lease sale, which is the Alaska one, I believe it is, would have opened more than 1 million acres for drilling, spanning at least 40 years of production. The Bureau of Ocean Energy Management previously canceled leases on sales in the area from 2006, 2008, and 2010, also citing lack of interest from the industry at the time. Drew Capado, Vice President of uh, Litigation for Lands, Wildlife, and Oceans for the Environment Advocacy Group, Earth Justice called the cancel leases unnecessary and said they would work against the goal of pivoting the nation away from fossil fuels and towards solar, wind, and other renewable energy sources. Okay. The Internal Energy Agency said last year that countries must stop approving new oil and gas projects to prevent the planet from dangerously overheating. The overwhelming scientific consequences that the earth is warming due to largely, largely to greenhouses Gases produced when oil and coal are burned. Yeah, tell that to Germany right now when Germany is now having to realize that they're going to suffer this winter because they don't have enough gas. Tell that to Italy, who's having to use coal as well, and the Netherlands, okay? Here's the thing. Earlier in the article from the New York Times, they actually do state this as well, okay? It says here, I believe it had to deal with even though any lease of sale would not produce oil and gas in the time till I'll alleviate current high energy prices, Republicans and oil industry leaders on Thursday seized on the cancellations of lease sales to claim Mr. Biden's actions were exaggerating the pain felt by customers. Quote, the Biden administration announcement that they will cancel new offshore and oil gas production approaches levels of irresponsibility and recklessness stupidity never seen before. Representative Garrett Graves of Louisiana, the top Republican on the House Selected Committee on the Climate Crisis said in a statement. Somewhere in here, it mentions that there's like someone who says that they were interested in drilling, but they couldn't get, they they realized that they couldn't get the approval because they would just be told no. I think it's right here. The leasing program presents a dilemma for Mr. Biden. He has promised progressive Democrats and environmental groups that he would propel the country away from dependence on fossil fuels and drive climate change. At the same time, he has taken steps to increase oil supplies to try to bring down gas prices, including calling on the oil industry to pump more crude. Yeah, he does complete opposite every single time. And he's going to keep causing oil prices to just keep skyrocketing at this point. I'm going to tell you this much. My opinion. Okay. November's coming up pretty fast. He's going to say, they announced this on Friday, so when people look it up, people will be like, oh, look, he is doing something. And oil markets will obviously react to the, the way that they did on Friday. Okay. There'll probably be a news report sometime coming up where the news report will say President Biden has decided that there will be no new leases being given in Mexico. Okay. Now, when they'll release that statement will probably be on an extremely busy news day where it'll just be swept under the rug completely. 
The market will react to it, but not everyone pays attention to the market. We talk about this on this podcast because we like talking about what's happening with the market at times. Then when politicians are trying to get reelected, they're all going to blame oil and gas companies. They're going to say, we tried to get them to drill and they said they couldn't. They didn't want to. They just wanted their profits to make more money. Okay. Last month's quarter just ended. Okay. These oil companies report, let's see, I think it's next month. It's July right now. So they report in August and then the end of the quarter is September. So when they try to report numbers again, or when they have to report numbers, it'll be in November, right? Either before the election or after. Okay. They're going to blame oil companies again. Okay. Oil companies are going to still make a ton of money because there's so much demand for oil right now and there's not enough supply out there currently. And they're going to blame it. Oil, in my opinion, as long as Joe Biden's in office, oil is probably one of the easiest way to make money currently right now. It is because he's purposely restricting things because he wants to have this green new agenda out there. He keeps canceling leases. He's canceled leases in Alaska. He's canceling now the leases in the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean. He's claiming to open it up in the Gulf of Mexico, but he's not going to really probably do it in the end. I, I, if he does, I'll be I'll admit, be the first to admit I was wrong. Okay, but at the same time, everything he's doing to get us to this green new energy. I mean, we did. We've also talked about this too. There's companies out there that are taking CO2 out of the air and still turning it into some type of oil form to be able to produce more stuff. These people are insane. But if you're, I guess, want to make money, oil seems to be where it's at right now. Because everything he does, you know, it's like anti-oil statements. But in reality, it's like, maybe these people have invested in oil themselves, these politicians. Maybe they're just trying to get as much money out of the system as possible. Hard to tell. Wish there'd be some honest news reporting out there so we can figure out the truth. But we try our best to talk about as much as we can, so... That being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you had, please like and subscribe to this podcast and please share it with friends or family as every like and subscription we get can help grow this channel so we can be able to keep talking about the markets and how it gets affected by policies that happen in Washington or just what happens in the market in general and there's new new announcements out there. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Thank you and goodbye.